Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Passes to Thomas. He's gone. Touchdown, Saints. He's got a bunch of room and some blockers. Hurdling a blocker at the 25. Inside the 50. What a run by Kamara, who's all the way in for a touchdown. Wow. Reese, quick throw. Sanders got there. Football fans and hoodats all over the world, get ready for an episode of Believe in Saints on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, John Hendricks. Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of Believe in Saints. I'm your host, John Hendricks, alongside Terrence Copper. Terrence, man, how you doing today? Hey John, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Yeah, me too, man. How about those Saints, man? Let's let's talk a little bit. Let's get right into it, man, because yeah. we talked about it last week. This game against the Packers, and I had a, a pretty good feeling about this game. And you know, for them to come out and win is one thing, but for them to absolutely blow the doors off an opponent, I mean, what what did you see, and what were some of the things that you liked? You know, and, and just hitting off what you just said, like I didn't think that we was going to win that game. Uh, but it wasn't because I didn't feel like we was a good team. I just felt like where we was at with the new quarterback uh, and the Packers coming in here, the, how they, how well they did last year, I did, like you said, I did not expect that game to go the way it did, in which that's hats off to the coaching staff uh, of the Saints, the players of the Saints, just the whole organization to to go to a different – that wasn't even a home game for us. You know, and and to go and beat the Packers the way they did, it was just amazing. It was amazing. It was amazing to see it. It was amazing to see how we stayed so balanced when it came to the run game, the pass game. Uh, we kept Leftwich out of just having to throw 40 passes a game, uh, 30 passes a game, and limit the, the amount of times he could to make a mistake. Uh, so it was just great seeing how that game plan played out. And I really feel like we outcoached him. Yeah, and I, I think that was huge for him. And, and you know, um, when you look at across some of these wins that the Saints have had over the seasons, I mean, last year when they completely went in and obliterated Tampa, I think that was a huge one for sure. And, you know, it's kind of reminiscent of that. And you could think back as some of the Saints wins that they've had over the years under Sean Payton. I think about the road game against Buffalo. I think about the road game against the Bengals when they had all those rushing yards just took over. You were a part of one of those type of games too in 2006 where y'all went in and really just beat down the Cowboys in a, in a matchup. I mean, it was one where y'all pretty much dominated top to bottom in end to end, you know, full 60 minutes. I mean, yep. you know, from a perspective like that, you know, the team is, is always talked about being slept on and obviously people weren't feeling sorry for them. They still had a job to do, but I mean, kind of talk about, you know, what a win, big win like this does for a team in their morale. You know, it is huge. And the difference between the new Orleans saints and to, and every other team that I've been on or been around uh, when it comes to NFL, it's a different culture in new Orleans. You know, don't get me wrong. The Cowboys have the most fans. Uh, you got some some teams that have a lot of fans and, and good, faithful fans. But there is no fans like New Orleans, like the New Orleans Saints fans. There is no there is no type of feel for it because you feel like you feel like family when you're down there. They treat you like family. You feel like family. So just getting this win right here 
amongst all the things that the community is going through down in New Orleans, that New Orleans area, you know, it brings it brings a, a different spirit to the to the community, especially when we need to be uplifted because of the, what happened with the hurricane. So New Orleans, the Saints play, they don't play for each other, not just for each other, trust me, they play for each other, but they play for that community as well because that community is like family. It's like family. So uh, like I said, was I surprised how, how they blew them out? Yes, I was, but do I feel like they could do it again? I really do because the spirit of New Orleans is with that team. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface and even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Look, and again, you know, you hear players talk about it. I mean, Jameis Winston was one of the ones that talked about it. Demario Davis. I mean, these are guys we talked about last week as unheralded leaders of this team going forward. You know, Alvin Kamara, these guys just have the right mentality and the right mindset going into this one. And, you know, look, again, this is it seems like it's football one on one. Right. But, you know, you control the time of possession. You put together drives that are 10 minutes long or 10 plays long. You gas out the defense. I mean, essentially, you took their best weapons off the field and and Aaron Rodgers and and, uh, Devontae Adams and all that talent that they have uh, as an organization. And again, you know, it was all three facets of the game um, mm-hmm. just clicked. Special teams look good. Defense was outstanding, played lights out. And then offensively, when you get the run game going, I mean, man, it just opens up so many things. And I think the best thing to admire about this is that they overcame some adversity in game. I mean, you had Eric McCoy, their starting center, go down. You have to do some offensive line shift. You had mm-hmm. Marshawn Lattimore go out. You had to roll in Desmond Trufon, a guy that you just barely picked up that has to be thrown in, you know, um, and some other things that happened through the course of this game. But, man, you know, again, you talked about it. You said huge win for the city, huge win for the Saints. I mean, after this week, are, are you buying this team? I think that's the biggest thing. Are they, you buying them? Or are you thinking, man, maybe this is just fool's gold. This is the emotions from everything that's going on. Or, or what do you think? You, you know what? I feel like regardless if it's the emotions that's going on, it was the same thing that happened in 2006 with the coming back from, from Katrina. Regardless if it's the emotions going on, uh, regardless of whatever it is that's motivating uh, the spirit behind this team winning the way they did, it really don't matter at the end of the day, as long as we're winning. Uh, whatever motivates a team, whatever motivates a person, it really don't matter as long as they're getting the job done. You know, so I'm buying. And and the reason why I'm buying is, is because if we can sustain and do the things that we did this game, which is very possible, it's very possible. If we can just have the run game going like we did and then hit them with play action, uh, left, which is, you know, his not, – not left, which I'm sorry, but uh, – uh, the quarterback slipped his name. Slipped his, uh, what's his name? Winston. His deep ball is one of the best deep balls I've ever seen. Uh, he's hitting you in stride. Uh, so if we can just continue to do those things, run the ball and keep Winston out of certain situations, you know, I feel like we can do this night in and night out. And, and I'm just talking about offense right now. Defensively, the way we played defensively was amazing. To shut Aaron Rodgers down, uh, 
for Lattimore to do what he did on, on their best receiver, and not just Lattimore, but the other DBs, the way they just they just locked down that receiving core and the defense got after Aaron Rodgers, you know, those things are possible con- to continue to do for 17 weeks. Because it to me, it really wasn't anything that w- that was just so special that, man, okay, we got a break here. We got a break. No, we stay consistent in doing exactly what we're supposed to do. And I feel like we can sustain that. Absolutely. And you mentioned Byron Leftwich. He's a great, great coach, but I mean, he was a great player too, but you know, it's uh, and you look at all those different things and elements. And I think, again, we, you talk about it and you look at the breakdown of the saints and, you know, everything was going to live, breathe and die by Jameis Winston. And obviously that was a, a big thing for this team. And, you know, I think what I admired most about his play, I mean, obviously he didn't have to be the guy. He didn't have to come in and throw it 30 to 40 times no. this game. I mean, he was able to make smart decisions. I, he took off with his legs. I, again, you know, you look at Winston in his early years at Tampa versus Winston now. I mean, you know, this is a guy that people kind of dismiss, but, you know, this this aspect. But, A, he had LASIK. B, he changed up his diet, and he kind of included some vegan stuff to it. And he's mm-hmm. trimmed down. He looks noticeably more or fitter and, you know, all these different things. And so, again, that, that all matters. And then, uh, you know, I mean, what is it about Sean Payton? Because he's he's – tipped his hat a lot to Sean Payton as a play caller and just mm-hmm. has really been a sponge and learning behind Drew Brees. But I mean, what is it about Sean Payton as a play caller that just really, I mean, that, that people talk so much about, but what is the, kind of the thing that, that people hit most when they talk about him? He's so very detail oriented. Uh, it doesn't matter what play when we when we're going over our, our play calls for the week, he would be so detailed. We'd be in those meetings and, each position group, he's very detailed about it, whether you're the X receiver, the Z receiver, the quarterback, the running back. He's going to tell you exactly what we're looking to do, exactly the reason why we're doing it this way. Uh, so when you go into a game plan, when you go into a game, you are so prepared because you don't went over every single play in detail, not just up in the film room and on the board, but also outside as well. And then after after you do it outside in practice, you're going to come right back in either after practice or the next day. and You're going to watch film on it to make sure that it is exactly the way he wanted it to be done versus whatever coverage uh, that we face, because it don't matter what play we run, we're going to know how to win on whatever coverage or defense they're running. So just the way he details everything and he's going to put you in the position to succeed. I feel like that is the ultimate goal of a coach is to put the players in position to succeed. So he's going to do everything that, uh, that Winston is good at. He's not going to put Winston in situations where he, where the, his, you know, life of him being successful is really not that favorable. He's going to always put him in the right position. Everybody's going to be coached up. And so that's why I feel like, you know, it's going to be tough to beat the Saints this year because he had the pieces. And again, this is without our best receiver. And I, I remember my, we talked about it on the last podcast, on the last show, that I really wasn't too concerned about the receiver position, even though we had a lot of late round or undrafted free agents out there. I really wasn't wasn't concerned about them because of Coach Curtis, because the way he coaches those receivers up, they're going to go out there and make plays. And that's just a testament to the coaching staff, period. When guys go down, like somebody from O-line go down, Lattimore go down, you got to come out of some plays. The next guy that step in is going to be knowledgeable. He's going to know exactly what he has to do. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it was great seeing Winston connect so much and, and on the deep balls and such. And, you know, I mean, this is a game you had a lot more involvement from the tight ends. You know, Adam Trouton was their leading targeted receiver at six and he caught mm-hmm. three balls. But, you know, again, you got Alvin Kamara, a guy that is is really good and a good one two punch um, that the Saints were able to use. And they've had so many of those good one-two punches over the years, whether it was Deuce McAllister and Reggie Bush, or it was mm-hmm. Pierre Thomas and, and Bush, or if it was Ingram and Kamara, or now Kamara yeah. and Jones, or even Kamara and Latavius Murray. So, I mean, a lot of people, you know, you don't realize that the run game, and, and Sean likes to run jumbo sets and bring in James Hurst and all these different things. I mean, just to create these types of mismatches. So when you talk about play call and the detail-oriented type things, you know, again, you see that a lot in practice. I mean, even through training camp, it seems – Silly because, you know, as the media, we get to see certain portions of it and stuff. But, you know, he's explaining different scenarios like this year. What comes to mind is you know, explaining how the new new rules work and scenarios about running the clock out or different things. It's like, you know, it seems like it would be a given that most coaches pay attention to stuff like that. But I mean, to even like you said, take the time and and have the context behind it to get in those situations. Mm-hmm. I think he called it I don't say nine. He called it nine one one type situations that, that mm-hmm. don't always come up. But again, you know, a lot of people make uh, so much of, of the guys and, and rightfully so guys like Bill Belichick, but they're so infatuated with, you know, the Sean McVay's and, and some of these younger coaches, which again, they're doing a good job. Don't get me wrong, but Sean's been doing this a long time. He's gone through it where he didn't have some, some good years of success. You know, those three straight seven and nine teams, people were thinking, man, you should really maybe move on from them. But again, you know, Sean Payton, I mean, what more could you say about this guy? If he keeps it up, he's got to end up being in the Coach of the Year conversation because I feel like he's been cited plenty of times now. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then, and back to one thing that he helps with Winston is his decision-making. Like I said, we always knew Winston was talented. You know, he, he got drafted early. Even when he went down to Tampa, he still had monstrous numbers. But his decision-making is what really kind of led to him getting out of Tampa but the fact that now he got Coach Payton here, he had a year behind Drew Brees, his decision-making, even when we watched the game, it was times where he probably would have just threw the ball and threw a pick in tight situations, but either he'd throw it, he'd throw it away now or he'd, he'd take off and scramble with it. You know, so it's his decision-making that's really propelling him. And like I said, I know it's only one game and we need to see it consistently, but I think his decision-making is one of the biggest things as well. Yeah, and look, I think the other part of this is this is now the the third quarterback that you've rolled in that's not named Drew Brees and you've won football games with. You know, you had mm-hmm. Taysom Hill last year. You had Teddy Bridgewater do it. And, and look, I think even Luke McCallum deserves an honorable mention because he almost beat the Panthers in that game that Drew had missed. And so, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people sleep on his ability. And obviously it's, it's one of those things when you look at him and his resume, look, it's always going to be, they're going to feel some type of way. He's one of those coaches. I think that you hate to go up against, but he's such a player's coach and it's pretty evident. You know, I, again, I remember Kamara talking about, about it after the game that, you know, on road trips, he just comes like a a kid. He said he comes a kid at Christmas, right. It just has that type of excitement. And for coaches that get older like that, you know, and Sean's still young, don't get me wrong, but look, his players, I think, keep him young in some of this. And I mean, can you, can you kind of see that in, in your dealings with him? Oh yeah, definitely. And, and plus that city keeps him young. You in New Orleans, you know, you in New Orleans, it's, it's, it's fun in New Orleans, especially when you're winning, especially when you're winning, it's fun. You know, it, it's fun being around your, your teammates, around your players as a head coach, 
and that's the way he is now. And I haven't seen him in a little while, but the way he is now, you can tell that's how he was when I was playing because the same energy is still there. The same vibe is still there. Those guys are still playing hard for him, you know, so he's, he's the same guy, you know, he's the same guy he's always been. Of course, I think he has more wisdom now, but attitude wise, his character, uh, the way he go about his business, you know, it's always been professional and it's always been to enjoy the game of football. Yeah, and you said you hadn't seen him in a while, but I guarantee you, you pick up the phone, you call him, reach out to him. He's going to take the time and talk Definitely. to you and all that. I mean, that's just the type of guy he is, right? I mean, yep. that's just him. And and look, again, he's done so many good things over the past years. And it's not just him. He's going to tip his hat to all the coaches too. You know, Ronald Curry, uh, you know, Chris Richard, Michael Hodges, yep. all these guys, Zach Street, former players that have been in here, you know, Jermon Bushrod's mm-hmm. on the staff. You've got Sterling Moore you played. I mean, all these guys that just believe and buy into this philosophy, but man, it, I'm telling you, you just look at this game and you just, you, you kind of felt maybe the Saints could pull it all. I mean, everybody picked on uh, against them. But for that to come out and for them to absolutely blow the doors off of them, I mean, that was just something crazy. And now you kind of transition. You talk about Carolina coming off of a win against the Jets. Uh, again, you look at the Jets. They're kind of an interesting team. I'll just say that. But, you know, mm-hmm. still you won a football game. And now this is one of three matchups going into week two that, um, you know, you got two battles, the battles of the unbeatens, the one and O teams. Right. And so. Mm-hmm. It's an NFC South game. It's we know what to expect. It's Christian McCaffrey, right? And this is a guy yep. uh, similar to Alvin Kamara. Um, both of them should be in the top running back conversation. But you know, you know, from an offensive perspective, you know what you kind of get in a game plan. Probably centers around somebody like him. But you know, mm-hmm. what are the challenges of of somebody that's so good at what he does? I mean, you got Alvin Kamara on on the Saints side, but for Christian McCaffrey, what are some of your impressions that you've seen from him and? and how he's able to just really give defenses fits. Yeah, he's for one he's he can also he's not just a running back, but he also can receive the ball as well, especially with screens, different things like that. But to me, like I said, that offense, what I'm talking about offense, I'm talking about Carolina. Their offense is centered around McCaffrey. Uh, he's going to touch the ball. Honestly, I I feel like he touched the ball a little bit too much uh for him to stay healthy for those 17 weeks, but the offense goes through McCaffrey. Everything is centered around him. And I feel like if we can come up with a game plan to slow him down uh, and to limit the yardage that he gets, whether it's uh, whether it's through screens, whether it's handing the ball off, we'll be successful. And, and don't get me wrong, the Jets, which the team that Carolina played, the Jets is – I don't think they're the same Jets they used to be. I think they're better than what they used to be. But I still feel like they're still the Jets, you know, and – and with Carolina not taking a win away from Carolina, because at the end of the day, there's no such thing as a, as a bad win. Either you're just trying to win. Uh, so, but I still don't think Carolina has faced a team yet like the Saints. They haven't faced a team, and it is a rival. I mean, they are division opponents. So it's going to be a good game. I, do I think it's going to be lopsided the way the, new, way, way the Green Bay Packers game was? I don't think so. But I still feel like that the Saints are going to win this game. I think we win by 10 points, at least by 10 points. But do I think it's going to be a walk, a walk in the park? No, I don't. Uh, because now Carolina and the Saints, we have film on the team that we have to play. Uh, going into that, the season openers, it's really tough to say how a team is going to be, the type, the type of plays they're going to run, because you haven't seen them since last year. You don't know if they put wrinkles in. You don't know if they're switching the offense up. All you can go off is preseason. 
And in preseason, you really don't show a lot. You don't show a lot in preseason. You don't game plan anybody in preseason. You just go out there and you roll the ball out and you call plays. You're not really game planning in preseason. So you, that opening game, you really just don't know what to expect. Now this is week two. Uh, Carolina have some film on New Orleans of what we want to do. We have film on Carolina, what they're doing, and we're going to try to scheme that up to try to stop what they're doing. So I feel like, but if we can continue or try to contain McCaffrey, we have a great chance of winning that game. Absolutely. And look, for, for McCaffrey, you know, his first game against the Saints was probably his most memorable one. I mean, that's the only time he's gone over 100 yards receiving, um, you know, all the other times. I think Dennis Allen and company have done a great job game planning. I mean, his highest rushing total at all the games he's played against the Saints is, is only 64. So, I, again, mm-hmm. I think that puts him in a space where you have good, talented linebackers who can cover sideline to sideline here. You can definitely make sure that Sam Darnold's a guy that can has to beat you with his arm, right? And, again, mm-hmm. I think they can get pressure after him. Uh, of course, that sounds like winning football because on the opposite side, you know, the, the Panthers, they had six sacks on Zach Wilson last week, and, and I think they had eight pa- pass breakups. So, very talented there. Shaq Thompson, Jeremy Chin, got a lot of those guys in addition to that pass rush. So, again, you got Joe Brady there, too. Matt Rule's a coach. There's a lot of elements there for Carolina. But I'm going to tell you that I think the pressure is more on the Panthers because after that win, they've got a chance to really steal the spotlight. And they're a team that's trying to make that next leap, if you will, to be in that mm-hmm. conversation and say, hey, we can be better in this division. Atlanta fl- flopped flat on their face last week. You know what you yep. have in Tampa. The Saints had a great showing. Now it's kind of pressure on Carolina because now you get in a space where if you win this game, suddenly people are going to take you seriously because of what happened last week. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, again, there's a lot of elements there. It's in Carolina. Normally this game has been like a week 17 finale, if you will, but now you have the uh, 18 weeks, but it's weird seeing them so early in the season, but at the same time, it is a rival. Like you said, it is the NFC South. Anything can happen. Mm-hmm. But again, I, I don't think the saints have to reinvent the wheel to be able to get, uh, get a win out in Carolina. No, I don't think so at all. And the game, the game plan, I'm telling you, the game plan that we had when we played Green Bay last week, like that is the formula for success. Every And truthfully, every coach in the NFL, if they could run the ball the way we did and just hit teams with play action, that is the perfect game plan. You know, no team really wants to just drop back and throw the ball 30 to 40 times, uh, just straight drop back. Uh, when I mean drop back, I mean no – no play action, just straight drop back, throwing the ball 40 times. No team really wants to do that. Every team in the NFL wants to establish the run because they know that's how you win games. Every team wants to establish the run. And to establish the run is also to come back and throw play action pass with it where you're faking the run and then you're throwing the pass, get the linebackers sucked up. You know, So every team wants that type of game plan, but is it sustainable for every team? Not necessarily, especially if you can't keep the run game going. But I really feel like with Kamara – back there running the ball we can sustain that game plan that's why I keep going back to the game plan we can we can use that game plan versus any team I feel like we're playing uh we may have times where we have to keep a keep a running back in to help block up for protection uh, or bring an extra tight end in to help uh to help to help block up for protection but I really feel like we can continue and sustain that game plan no matter who we play Exciting news. Our pod is partnering with PlayActionPools.com this season to bring some interactive fun to the sport we love most. You'll be able to get into all the action with our PlayActionPools.com football pick'em challenge, which is open to everyone. Here's how it works. 
You sign up for our contest, Believe Football Pick'em at Play Action Pools, and then you get your picks in each week. We're going to select 10 high-profile games of the week between the NFL and college football. Whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. Again, go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest. Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, Football Pick'em. And if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com today. They've got Survivor Pick'em as well as cool sportsbook-style concept called Build Your Bankroll. Playactionpools.com, your new home for all your office sports pools. Now, I'm going to switch gears just real quickly because you're, you're a Carolina guy, right? You went to East yep. Carolina. You're born in Carolina. Were you a Panthers fan growing up? I was never a Panthers fan. I know okay. that's bad. I was I was never when I was growing up. I was a Patriots fan. Okay, and, but, but I but I wasn't a Patriots fan. Like I'm just jumping on the bandwagon. I was a Patriot fan back when Drew Bledsoe was there and Ben Colts was there. This mm. is when they really wasn't winning so much, you know. But that's when I was a Patriot fan. But once I got to the NFL, of course, all that changed. But yeah, I was never a Carolina Panther fan. Yeah. Nope. I understand that. Well, I remember because it was what they were expansion team in 96 and I had to have their shirt because I always loved their logo. That was just the <laughs> reason. So that was the only reason I got. I was like, oh, man, and they ended up having a, a good expansion year. They had some former Saints on there. They had a good team. Sam Mills. They had Eric Davis at corner. I mean, Gary mm-hmm. Collins did good. And Wesley Wall yep. a tight end. I mean, there's a lot of cool gems that they have. But, man, this is uh, this is a good good proving grounds for both teams. Um, getting back to the matchup again, you know, you look at the injuries. I mean, there's concern there. You've got 10 of them that popped on the injury report last week or or just yesterday on Wednesday. Um, mm-hmm. And now you suddenly have to worry about it because eight of them didn't practice. So, and again, from a player's perspective, you know, some of them are valid, but you know, when you play games and when you have all this conditioning, um, you know, first injury report can be overblown so much but i mean what do you make of it when you see that many players on an injury report for the first day of the week it's a lot of times when you see guys on the injury report they may be a little sore uh after after the first game or uh, they may have some bruising or something like that or maybe tweak something but it's nothing to really look that deep in because with the injury report if anybody that, that don't practice you got to put them on the injury report like, it's just something that you have to do as a rule. They, they got to be on an injury report. If something's going on with them, you got to put them on an injury report. So a lot of that stuff is because of we just have to do it. Uh, there's I really there's not going to be that many guys that's not going to play next week. Uh, you know, it's uh, well, this week, it's a lot of people that's just they had nicks and bruises that maybe was a little too sore to practice uh, on Wednesday. You know, so I really wouldn't take I really wouldn't really get into that injury report like that because it's, you're not going to have that many guys that's not going to make the game. You're not. Yeah, and I'm with you, and Sean hates talking about injuries. You know, everybody, you know, I guess if it's media's perspective to ask and stuff. I mean, I've learned a long time ago, you just don't ask him because he's not going to tell you, right? I mean, he's, he's, not. Just, he's just not. No yeah. no competitive information, advantage, nothing like that. You know, it's just how he is, and I know it drives people mad, but I get it. I mean, I really do, but, but – but you, you know. got you got you got to blame that on uh, Coach Parcells, Coach Bill Parcells, because you know <laughs> Sean Payton comes from that cloth. And one thing that was we was like I, said, I played with Coach Payton in Dallas as well when Coach Payton was offensive coordinator in Dallas. So I played with him in Dallas and when I was in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So, but one thing we was always taught as players and as coaches: don't talk about your teammates and don't talk about injuries. So those two things, 
you're not going to get talked about anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's for good reason. I mean, you know, it's, it just spreads chaos and, you know, with social media emerging so much now, there's even more temptation and so much more things for people to just blow things out of proportion. So it's just, you know, there's a lot of things to be cautious about. And obviously back in Parcells day and stuff, they didn't really have a lot of that, but you know, just all it takes is one person to get a hold of it and it blows like wildfire and then something crazy happens like it shouldn't. So, mm-hmm. but you know, that's just the nature of how things go today. So, but let's talk about this game. You saw a prediction in time, um, you know, who wins this game and why? I think the Saints win this game. I think we win by 10. Uh, and the reason why is I feel like because this coaching staff and the way these guys played last week, that confidence because uh, a lot of times that's all the team needs is confidence and not saying the Saints wasn't confident, but you always still had that question mark because now Drew Brees is not at quarterback anymore. And I don't care what other quarterback you bring in here. When Drew Brees has been at the ham for as long as he was, and now all of a sudden we got to switch that up. And Drew Brees is not just a regular quarterback. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback uh, that that been playing well consistently throughout his career. You know, so anytime you take a quarterback of that caliber off of your team and you got to insert another quarterback, regardless of how good that quarterback is, you're still going to be iffy. You're still going to be you still going to have concerns. What are we going to look like? The fact they came out and did what they did versus the Packers, I think their confidence is high. I think they believe in each other even more now because of the way they beat the Packers. And I think just confidence wise, game plan wise, coaching wise, I don't have. That's, that's never going to be an issue with New Orleans. Coaching, game plan is never going to be an issue. So I feel like just off that alone, you know, I feel like we we win this game by 10. Yeah, and, you know, I think it, it's difficult for the Panthers because, you know, they've known Drew Brees for the longest time. But really, it's I think they're, they're having a game plan more against what Sean Payton's going to do, if that makes any sense. Because mm-hmm. you can't really go back and look at Jameis's film from Tampa. You can't really go see what Drew did. You can't really see what Taysom did. And I don't think you can even look at Teddy Bridgewater because – Things change. Sean Payton is a guy that continuously changes the way he coaches and, and draws up creative plays for his team. And, you know, that sampling size against the Packers may be one of them, but he could throw you a completely different look next week. So or this yep. week, actually. And and I think that's what's going to end up happening. I'm going to take the Saints, too. I, I think they're going to win it. Ten sounds good. I, I'm going to take them probably up by seven. I think they're going to have the game pretty much in hand. But I see Carolina getting like a garbage touchdown and at the end and uh, try to make it interesting. But I think the Saints are going to come out and pretty much have their way and and kind of roll to victory here. So I'm going to take them probably, let's say, 28 to 20 sounds about right for me. That sounds good. That good sounds deal. Good. Well, Terrence, anything, parting shots, thoughts, remarks? Uh, not at all. You know, just go Saints, man. And and we're all praying for the community down there in New Orleans uh, with the with the Hurricane Ida situation, you know, hoping everybody get get their lights back uh, and staying safe down there while, while we're still going through it. So we still have prayers, still sending prayers down that way and go Saints. Couldn't have said it any better. Thanks so much for joining me again, Terrence. For Terrence Copper, I'm John Hendricks for Believe in Saints. We'll come at you and talk a little bit about how next week unfolds. Y'all have a good one and stay safe, guys.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.